to the adventure on Pumlet on W4CY. Wake up, America! It's time for the adventures of Pipe Man on W4CY.com, West Palm Beach's number one internet radio station. Here's your host, the Pipe Man. This is the Pipe Man here on the Adventures of Pipe Man W4CY Radio, and I'm here with our next guest. Wow, what a badass band they are. And I just, it brings me back to my teenage days when I basically lived on the Sunset Strips and back in the 80s. So with no further ado, let's welcome to the show, Butterside. What's up? Yo. Hello. <laughs> hey, man. Patrick, Sam, and Gabe from Butterside here. We're super happy to be on the show, man. Thanks for having us. And yes... Yes, we love the Sunset Strip, man. That's why we all moved here. The whole allure pulled us all the way in, and, and we found each other, and now we're we're uh, we're doing it right here in L.A. There you go. You guys got that L.A. metal vibe with the thing that destroyed L.A. metal, Seattle vibe. So you got the Seattle, <laughs> L.A. going on, like you're at war with each other. <laughs> right, right. But the best of both worlds, actually, I, I think. We all think so. You know what I mean? There's so much good that came from Seattle and so much greatness that came from L.A. at that time. Why not pull from both and something new? Yeah, there you go. And I, I don't think you would have had either scene without the other anyway. Right? Yeah. Yeah, no, they both have, you know, huge qualities that we pull from. I mean, the vocal talent that came out of Seattle and the feel and the, and the, and the music, and, everything. Yeah, the yeah. integrity of the lyrics and everything else really pulled farther away from all of the, I mean, God bless all of the, the Sunset Strip rock and roll that brought the attention to the things we love the most. And that's girls, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, really. <laughs> There you know you what go. I mean? But the um, darkness from Seattle, too, the kind of more, you know, not so happy yeah not all about partying and all about you know two completely different vibes yeah because life's life is far beyond that isn't it it's it's a little deeper you know yeah that's great totally now let's talk about the circus vibe because that one i was like at first i was like holy shit because it kind of reminded me (laughs) it it, it reminded me of american horror stories the original first one in that video we used the special effects team the uh the you know the makeup artist from american horror story and a lot of american horror story was filmed on that same set so see there you go (laughs) yeah no we wanted to do like i mean after going all the way to japan and filming a video and then having all of these special effects and ghosts in our video we wanted to do something that was just over the top and just chaotic and like what better to represent that than a circus yeah and i think people just have to see the video amber alert because I don't think you can really describe it. It doesn't do any good to describe it. They just have to watch the video. Right. Now, we've, I've seen a lot of videos, especially like I went out there and, uh, you know, I met with uh, Winnie, this, this wonderful woman who owns the place. And she showed me a few videos, including some of the stuff done by the Eurythmics and some pretty top tier artists. And I still was watching those sitting in, in her office just saying, nah, we need to do something more elaborate than this. Hence bringing in, you know, contortionists and fire spitters. And then the girl from Cirque du Soleil above us spinning around just, I mean, we were all just like, from the minute we started shooting to the to the second we stopped, you know, it was just like, holy crap, what the hell is going on? <laughs> Very fun <laughs> day. Very fun day. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I bet. And you know what? You couldn't have picked somebody better 
to join in with you, but Carla from the Butcher Babies. Like it could I don't think it could have been more perfect. Yeah, no, we're super excited about what she brought to the game and you know, having her name attached to something is just super awesome. But she's been a friend of mine, a friend of ours for for a long, long time. I mean, Carla and I used to sit in her Corvette and and listen to our demos, my Aces and Eights demos, and she had she had some groups that she was working with before Butcher Babies, and we just were encouraging each other back then. So here we are, fast forward a couple record deals later each, and you know it's just like you've got to be on this track, and she was super excited to do it. So we were so happy to have her. I mean, she just brings this really cool energy and confidence to the video and the song. That's you know you know you you can't get that from anywhere else. And of course, her growl where you can't really get anywhere else either. <laughs> I, I know. I sound like the bitch. She sounds like the devil on the track. For sure. Oh, sing that part live, so I know how much it hurts. You know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's Gabe. He has to. I'm the one that has to emulate that. It's really hard. Yeah. Good so. luck with that. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah. Oh, what a badass song, badass video, and. You know, you're going to be releasing your sophomore album, Spiritual Violence. Uh, well, already did, I mean, March 26th. Yeah. And, uh, wow, I mean, tell us about the rest of the album so the listeners know. Sam? Well, it's a collection of 10 songs, and each song kind of has its own theme and own, with the artwork and stuff, there's a tarot card that goes along with each song, and... You know, every every song is its own little journey and its own little island. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, this, yeah. The, the album came out on Friday, the, Friday. Like the 26th. Yeah. yeah. And I, I don't know how many uh, albums the that Amazon ordered, but we were super surprised and excited to see that it sold out like almost overnight. So wow. they need to order some more. I don't I don't know if maybe they only ordered five copies. I have no idea. But. <laughs> <laughs> But um, we're pretending that it was more. <laughs> yeah, but we're, we're, we're extremely excited about the traction it's getting. And we couldn't be more, I mean, more proud of, you know, the the lyric content and stuff. It's just I think that it really will resonate with with everyone. And each song will find a different place in your heart and in your past. And, you know, you can relate to the stories. You know, they're all very truthful. And, and, the, and the, the songs bite for sure. They're really, you know, they're they, they, they grab you. So we're excited that everybody can finally hear them and enjoy them and, and get into them. And we're excited to be here with you, Pipe Man. Where did the name Pipe Man come from? Okay, so I don't know if I should say this over the air, but no. Uh, my last name is Piper. So like somewhere uh, along the line, somebody called me Pipe Man way before I was even in radio. And it just kind of stuck then. And then somehow it resurfaced at some point in my radio career. It resurfaced and it just has become like, I, I think Pipe Man's taken over. I think Pipe Man like actually like killed Dean and Pipe Man took over. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> just stuck. Yeah. And, it, and it's that alter ego too. Pipe Man's that alter ego uh, of Dean. So yeah. Uh, it's it's kind of like, like uh, Frost and uh, Caitlin in in the Flash, <laughs> except yeah. the male version. Well, like every good pipe, you've got to hit it at least once a day. There you <laughs> go. There you go. Well, it's so funny you should say that because I have this commercial we play on the station, and it's called the Pipe Man Groupon. And so you come to the Pipe Cave. You pay. It's like a bed and breakfast. 
and the females, you know, they buy this group on so that they can come to a pipe cave and they can service the pipe man all night long, serve <laughs> serve the pipe man breakfast and then leave. Wow. <laughs> Sounds like a good deal for you. <laughs> exactly, you know, it, it's perfect. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just going to put it on the group on it. You can come to my apartment and service me and then just get the fuck out. <laughs> that, that, that's so L.A., though, isn't it? Huh? <laughs> that's so L.A. That's 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 80s sunset strip shit right there. People, people need to make a living, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, well, you got to do something during the pandemic, you know. Yeah. <laughs> hey, if chicks can have old, only fans, I can have the Pipe Man group on. <laughs> Yeah, I try to have that conversation with a girl once. Didn't go that well. <laughs> yeah, totally. It, it would not. <laughs> That's why I can say it on the radio because there's nobody that can physically come after me. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you can't do anything anymore without people coming after you. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Could you imagine if you had the 80s Sunset Strip in 2021? Like, you wouldn't. It, no, you definitely wouldn't. In fact, I have music from back then that, like, if somebody's in my vehicle with me, I might be afraid to play because they might get offended because of the lyrics. <laughs> right. You know? Right. It's like, no. it's just lyrics. Relax. Yeah. No, you can't even reference things you enjoy anymore because if you enjoy them too much, then it's, you know, there's somebody's going to have a problem with it. You know, it's a new, it's a new day and, you know, you figure out how to, we all need to say things so we don't offend people, I guess. And we can get to the core of what we really enjoy for the reasons that we enjoy them. And if you're, you know, some kind of a demonic screwball, everybody's going to figure it out pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> and then you'll be in one of your videos. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no. and then, yeah you'll yeah. be on a butter side. No, because that's something we cherish. I mean, I think the, the, the screwed up people are the best ones. You know what I mean? The people with the most problems are the most interesting. You know, the people with these terrible pasts that they're trying to get over are the, are the people that I enjoy being around the most only because I can relate to people like that. I've had a traumatic past. Like everything I did, I mean, I literally set out every morning. It's if I feel like I have a traumatic episode that I ha I could pull from every single day of my life, you know? Yeah. It's like I hear you. Yeah. And that's the thing about rock and roll, metal, this whole community is you could go to, well, at least when it's not COVID, you could, you could go to a music festival and like everybody that's considered an outcast everywhere else is one big family there. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's one thing that's definitely been the hardest in the pandemic is we can't get together and enjoy one another in a concert environment. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. you sit there on our phones and everybody has all their own opinions. And then it's like you go to a concert and you're with all of these people and some guy up front is singing lyrics to you that we all understand because music hits that emotional chord. And then we look around at one another, whether it's 100,000 people or 300 people, but like there's that sense of unity and that yeah. we all understand one another and we're not all different from one another we're right. all the same you know i think the whole thing is like as a song and lyrics like everyone's gonna have a different understanding of what they mean different yep. opinion of what, but none of those opinions are superior than the other or considered better or worse you know they're all just respected and everyone gets to have their own point of view and everyone's able to enjoy the show and the bands and everything that rock and roll is all about you know together without arguing because the music's right. so loud yeah. <laughs> yeah you can argue <laughs> yeah and you can't be a keyboard warrior there so yeah right enjoy it yeah I, and yeah. i love that i've been saying all along if we want to really fix all the problems just put everybody at one big music festival that's it yeah. 
Like, really? that's how we should close out the pandemic. Like, the whole world is at one music festival. Yeah. Yeah. We need some big speakers. You just put them on top of every mountain around the world, and we all just kind of... You know, it's funny. I was thinking about this, too. It's like, there's all this UFO phenomenon coming on, and, like, it's like, now it's, like, obvious to us that, like, they're present and everything, and, like, they're they're coming in, and they're taking a look at us at, like, the worst time in history. Yeah. Because we're all at each other's throats, and if they can actually tap into our electronic stuff, you're going to see all of this garbage instead of, like, you know, if they came two years ago, they would see, like, Download Festival and the Vakken Festival and, like, Rocklahoma... And all of this stuff where people are getting together and really enjoying what the human race is really about. And that is connecting on this deeper level, which is only enabled to us through music, you know, and, and instead they get to see all of this, these politics and, and, the, and the masks on our faces and like the fear. And I just think that like, you know, I hope they were there then and we just didn't know about right. it. You yeah. know what I mean? Because it's like if they're going to come and be a part of us or if anything is watching us from above, whether it's God or aliens or where the hell this conversation is going, I have no Illuminati. idea. But, <laughs> but all I'm saying, it's just like we're, we, we've just been stuck in this. I think it's just a cesspool of like garbage, you know what I mean, for a little while. But at the same time, you know, we all needed to really hear each other out. You know, I love I love how far we've come. You know, I feel like racism has definitely gotten a good look in the face and it's been dealt with. I think that like, you know, just so many things. Animal activism is becoming so strong. You know, there's a lot of attention that has been put on a lot of things that we wouldn't have faced without the pandemic. So it's really a beautiful thing. I think we've all grown up a lot, but I think we are ready to get back together and start singing along to some songs, you know. I love it. There you go. And sooner rather than later, for sure. But I think like those aliens... Here's what's happened, okay? Here's what's happened with the aliens. They have been watching us over the past year, and they're like, bump this, we're out of here. Like, this is too much drama for us. Grab some popcorn for a little bit, and then I, ah, that's enough. Right? It's like, it's like you know, if, you, if a movie is just too long and too much drama, it's like, you know, you ran out of popcorn, okay, end the movie already. <laughs> yeah. Show me what you got. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so spiritual violence get dropped via Motorhead music, silver lining music. Tell us what your guys' like tie is to Motorhead. I'm trying to, I've learned, I'm, I'm learning how to sum this all up as quickly as possible. I go on <laughs> on in interviews and it's like, uh, it's it's one of my favorite things to talk about because it's it's so un- amazing and then the other at other times it's like i just feel like i go on too much but um i was fortunate enough to meet lemmy on the streets of hollywood through a girlfriend i was dating uh quite some time ago she brought me into the inner circle and we started hanging out and lemmy and phil and i really got along really 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 well um loved each other phil started playing on my demos um lemmy would have me over for you know weeks at a time man. we would just do all types of crazy shit together uh and then you know they were always pushing me to be on stage instead of behind it they took me in as a roadie and i tuned their guitars and stuff like that but when it came time to finally make the decision to do you know the rock and roll career for real for myself instead of singing for bands like adler's appetite or whoever else i was dealing with you know those guys would decide my fate on a daily basis and you know you know, the the plans for the months ahead would change. And then, you know, I, it, it just wouldn't be too. Anyway, I had every reason in the world to finally do it for myself. And those guys just got behind me. So Lemmy and Todd Singerman, uh, Motorhead's manager for 25, 26 years now, uh, put me in the studio with Lemmy's son, Paul, who was just this amazing, super talented guy. And we recorded the first 10 songs together and put out the record on Lemmy's label, Motorhead Music. 
and we ended up playing that entire album for him at his 70th birthday right in front of his face and he was just super stoked on it and uh now that he's gone you know he's still kicking down doors for us definitely i mean every interview he comes up and i couldn't be happier to talk about you know the most legendary man in rock and roll as far as i'm concerned um and the sweetest guy that i ever met you know i mean the the biggest thing i pull from that is knowing him personally and everything he's done for me that i cherish as a human being and find cool about myself is you know trying to live up to how you know he was just a man of integrity he was honest he was just super nice to everyone and i i would like to carry those things into everything that i do you know what a great testimonial right there because he was like there was only one lemmy and that's why i wanted to tell because that's an amazing story right there and you know like i love stories and that's another thing about your music that i dig about your music because your music is basically storytelling mm-hmm. yeah it's a trip you know like now in today's age again it's like they want the story behind the songs and like gabe just said earlier and and sam too that each song has its own it's its own island you know they're they're, they're each one is a, is a is another child you know but it's it's crazy how they want us to explain the stories behind the songs because you know growing up we never had that you know your your rock stars and your your the musicians you looked up to were always kind of untouchable and that made it easier for you to develop your own understandings for all of the songs that you listen to and that in a certain way it kind of made the songs mean more to you yourself and then it's like once you hear the story behind the song i don't know i'm not quite used to it yet enough yeah. to know whether or not it's like I don't know if I want people to know because then they can then it keeps them from making their own conclusions and drawing their own stories from the songs. But well, you did just tell the story of Pardon Me. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's about Lemmy. Yeah. 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 No, it's always cool in a conversation. So he goes, hey, you know what that song was about? And you didn't know it. And then they tell you and you're like, whoa, you know. But I do love your attitude of let people have their own story from a song because everybody does, you know. Yeah. yeah. And that, to me, that's true art when somebody can put their own meaning to your art. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You know, it's a trip like uh, this, th this, this song, uh, all these things that I've done by the killers like meant so much to me. It was like there for like the, the like my, my father basically came back from the dead and that's what got me sober. But like, there's literally like a whole part of my life that goes into like this, this montage when I think about the past, about that certain time. And that's the song. That's the, that's the, that's the soundtrack to that part of my life, him coming back from the dead. And then it's funny now I've gotten really close with Matt Pinfield and we spend a lot of time together. And one night he cracks open that that song was written about him, you know, and then I read his book and then you find out that that's, you know, so true. And that, uh, you know, they wrote that song after having some long drive all the way up to Reno, Nevada together. And then, you know, the singer for the killers went and wrote that song about Matt. And then it's just, I guess in that sense, it didn't pull away from that. Cause now the song just means more to me. And it goes, you know, you can hold on to a few different meanings. If a song means enough to you, you're never going to let it mean something yeah. else, you know? Oh, no doubt. No doubt. I agree a million percent. And I'll tell you something else interesting too is, okay, so I'm a metalhead. I'm a rocker. I'm not a big country person, but right. I could tell you, Folsom Prison Blues, I dig, dig, dig that song. And so I'm curious what made you pick Folsom Prison Blues as a song uh, to do. Well, it's good you're a metalhead. Maybe, do you know who Ectomorph is? Yeah. Okay, so they are the fucking heaviest fuck, biggest, <laughs> like, so dark. They are terrifyingly metal, okay? And I was lucky no. enough, I was lucky enough to go out with a group, this guy from ESP Guitars, we threw a, we threw a band together, my boy Alan Steelgrave, and we opened for Ectomorph all across Europe. 
and they did the cover of Johnny Cash, uh, Folsom Prison Blues. Not exactly like we do it, but it was it was so heavy, and it inspired me enough to think to myself, I'm gonna rip these guys off, you know. And then I'm in the I'm in the studio with Jay Baumgartner, and he he spits out this phrase that that amateurs borrow and professionals steal. And I was like, well then fuck it, I'm gonna steal this idea from Ectomorph, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna use. I'm going to use exactly what they did. And I'm just going to put my spin on it because because Zoli, um, he sings with just like he's one of these guys that doesn't need to like, you know, hit the high notes. He just sings the way he does. And it's just so captivating. And I think that their version, if you get a chance to listen to their version of Folsom Prison Blues, please do, because it's just so thick. It's just so overwhelmingly badass. And, you know, we gave it a try live and the song just makes the crowd, no matter how old you are or where you are, that song just lifts the roof right off the place. And, uh, you know, we put it about you know, four or five songs into the set. And just about the time when you're crushing it with your songs and people are really warming up to you, you throw in this Folsom Prison Blues song that everybody can relate to. And it starts out just like Johnny Cash's version. So nice. people recognize it, they start singing along and then boom, you know, we kick in with the with the full on, you know, barrage of metal. And yeah, people really dig it. So, you know, we kept doing it. We actually throw this crazy thing. If you see us live, we do this <laughs> This the middle of the song actually jumps into Kanye and all types of hip hop artists. We do That's this great. thing. Mama's gonna knock you solo. out. Most importantly, yeah. a bass solo. Yeah, most importantly, this is the most important thing of all times: bass solo in the whole show. <laughs> well, the question is: Is the bass solo kind of like anesthesia? You know? uh, a little bit. There's a little, sometimes I'll throw in a little while, a little distortion there that makes it sound like that. Nice. Yeah, I mean, you give this guys these any of these guys an excuse to like take center stage and they do it with grace and style. They're, they're, they're just amazing. Gabe's like, you know, I mean, I put him up there with, you know, flea and, you know, the best bass players that ever lived. He's one of them. And Sam, Sam too, all of the guys in the group. I mean, our boy, Jeff just put out a version of that, uh, yeah. And Dave, he does like, you know, Dave Grohl's drumming for that tune. And I remember nice. buying, like I found this, there was a friend of mine who had this little tiny drum studio over here in Hollywood. And I went over to see him cause we were thinking about tracking some drums there. And he had the takes, just the drum takes from that, that record. And we sat there and we listened to the whole record. Um, you know, Dave Grohl's drum parts to that Queens of the stone age record. And I remember just sitting there thinking, wow, I have to have this. So I got it from him and I would drive around town just listening to Dave Grohl's drum parts <laughs> instead of the whole song. Cause I just, it's just so much energy. Like he That's gets, what Jeff does nowadays. He, yeah. I mean, to be able to get that much attitude from a guy's drum playing is saying something that says a lot, you know? Yes. Yeah. And uh, Jeff just put out a cover of that today and I was watching Jeff and just watch, you know, he doesn't miss a damn slap, you know? And I'm just like, wow, my drummer is as good as Dave Grohl, you know? And Sam is the same way. You, you know, you watch him play something by slash and it's just like, wow, you know? You know, and I love every the, lick, you know. I love the whole thing you said, you know, about the bass. Like I love when a bassist is out up front, you know, and the sound is out up front too. Like it's not just they're just the bassist. It's yeah, they're so the bassist. Describe, you just described the Webster dictionary version of Gabe Masca. The definition <laughs> of Gabe Masca. Yeah, no, I mean, not only Gabe, but Sam. I mean, they're all super techie, super nerdy guys. I mean, if you, you get them into one of these conversations about this stuff and it, it won't end. Yeah, it's something I gave up on a long time ago. I was like, fuck this. I'm going to be a singer and just, you know, FOTP. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You know, it's not even just the music. Things for me to buy. It's like, you know, he's a gear freak. <laughs> 
you know, it's not even just the music. You guys, like, you could tell that you're in a Hollywood band. Like, you're just, like, so much fun. Like, See, that's what music is. It's not just the music. It's about the having fun, too. And you guys are just, like, that to me is living the dream when you're having a blast like that. Yeah, we, we feel the same way, man. We really do. Like, you know, every time, you know, we, we haven't reached that. And we will, though, you know, by, by summer's end, I guarantee you, we're doing Rocklahoma, we're going to Japan, we're going to Europe, you know, we're doing all of these things. But, you know, that's the level of success we want to be at. And the group that we're with now is going to put us in front of about 60,000 people a night. That's where we want to be. But ultimately, to be able to have, you know, four other guys that we can go into the studio and have nothing written and write something, you know, a bunch of songs and come out of it with a bunch of new songs that mean so much to us and sound so cool. I mean, that's really where the real reward is. Cause when it comes down to it, when we die and we're gone and we're not, you know, getting any reward for whatever it is that we've done, what we leave behind are these songs and the music. And, um, to know that like I'm in the best hands that we're in the best hands that we could possibly be with one another to, to make the best mark that we possibly can. That's a good feeling. That's, that's like, that's living the dream for us. Honestly. Oh yeah. That's what it's all and about. All, right uh, and we're all actually friends with each other. That's the thing is that we're all each other's best friends and we text each other all day long, every day and hang out together all the time. And you know, it's truly a, <laughs> a, a little family for better or for worse. That's so important too, because like, <laughs> listen, you gotta be friends to have to deal with each other like 24 seven being in a band. You know, yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, you know, you kill each other. Yeah. No, I've been with guys in groups before where, you know, prized neither of a, either of us aren't dead because, you know, <laughs> luckily we stayed away from each other to just let it dissolve, you know. But now it's like, man, if somebody feels bad, you know, we almost can sense it. And it's like, you've got to connect with the guy and talk it, you know, talk about it, whatever it is. But li literally, like, we blow, blow way more stuff off now than, you know, than, than I, I could with anybody else. You know what I mean? With these guys, it. it's like, there's no problem that's, you know, too big. You know, they're all, any problems. Just Everything's become, fixable. Yeah, we can face anything together and get through it. It's just the best. I love it. That's why you guys will be around, like, forever. Because that, the, the iconic bands that have lasted, I to me, that's the key right there. Yeah. Yeah. Who was your favorite interview of all time? You guys, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Correct answer. Right? Uh, no, but seriously, like you must, you must talk to so many okay, rock stars. Yeah, so I've done over 2,000 interviews. Some interviews are people I was friends with back in the 80s uh, metal sunset strip scene. So those were cool interviews because we just talked old stories that we actually lived together. So... There's two things I'll say. One of my favorite, probably favorite ever interviews was Leonard Skinner because they were just, they had no clue they were Leonard Skinner. They were laughing the whole time and they were just good old boys, you know? And so that was pretty cool. But then I found out something in, uh, in an interview. The last time I did Bowl for Ronnie, which is an event I do out in LA, and I'm sure you're familiar with the, you know, and every year yeah. yeah yeah so i do it every year and then you know one of my good good friends is joey vera from armored saint and it's actually it's funny because we met because their show it was wasp armored saint and head shaker at the i think it was the troubadour uh and on halloween and it was like the second gig i ever went to that was a club gig the first one i ever went to was at the roxy and it was motley crew before they even had an album and 
I remember going to that show and being like, I'm never going to a real concert ever again. This is like that most awesome experience ever. So then I see this picture of Wasp on BAM magazine. I'm like, dude, we got to go to this show. Look at these dudes. You know, yeah, that was bones. seen back then. You didn't you didn't listen to music ahead of time. You didn't have Spotify or whatever. You saw a picture and you're like, man, they look cool. So, yeah, this leads to what the favorite one of the favorite parts of an interview was is that I became good friends with him. And me and my friend, Greg Very, we were like, I don't know, 15 and 16, I think it was. And Armored Saint didn't have any merch. So we were like, hey, do you mind if we get you know, shirts and pins made up and sell them at your shows and, you know, we'll split it with you. And they're like, sure. So he, so he brings us up in this interview uh, a couple years ago and we're talking about it. He's like, yeah, you guys were our first merch company. Uh, (laughs) He goes, but let me tell you something. And he told me something I never knew. He's like, you know, that like famous picture of Lars with a guitar with an armored saint shirt on. And have you ever seen that picture, guys? Uh, no, I don't think I have. He, no. He's like, I, Lars was like uh, probably 15 at the time or whatever. It was like in the beginning. Like I went to like the first Metallica show ever, you know? Yeah. And uh, so wow. he's wearing this shirt and he goes, that's your guy's shirt. And, and he still has it to this day. Like he, Lars is wearing your shirt. And I was <laughs> like, that was the cool. I think that was the, like the coolest moment for me. Cause I'm like. That's dating back to me being like 15 years old and I just on a fluke made a shirt so I could make enough money to go to gigs. You know, that's what you did. It's like, that's all. let me sell your shirt so I can go your, pay to go to your gigs you know? <laughs> type of thing. Hell yeah, Ambitious and very, you know, what an entrepreneur at that age. That's yeah. great. No doubt. Well, you know, I played drums for nine years and then I played guitar and I did sing thrash metal and I sucked at all three. So. <laughs> if you can't if you can't play or sing sell shirts <laughs> right. fucking wasp man i can't believe you brought them up chris holmes man chris holmes oh. and i used to terrorize hollywood all over together. oh so me and him used to hang out at the jans mall in t.o yeah how long what, what, how, what was the longest you stayed up with him oh like i listen if you can remember the <laughs> 80s you weren't there okay like exactly uh, I, there were binges for like a week. I know, man. Okay, good. Okay, good. <laughs> you know, you uh, used to go to shows and then uh, you would party afterwards and like I would pick up my friends in the bushes outside and like <laughs> anybody that didn't get to grow up in the 80s LA scene missed like one of the greatest things in human history. I, I just got to say, I'm like so happy that that was like the perfect timing for me. Yeah, man. I have high hopes that after this pandemic, everyone's going to be as willing to like go out and party and go to shows and stuff like that. I hope some of that comes back with Me the too. end of the lockdowns, you know? Because yeah, people I... are like, itching for shows and stuff like that. I mean, like we used to have Sussex Strip Music Festival, and that's not even too far back, you know? I don't know. Something needs to happen. Something needs to... I don't I, know. I think it is happening. I think that the Hollywood scene is going to come back bigger and brighter and better than it ever was. It's just like after the, you know, the the... the well, the last time that we had a pandemic in the United States, we had the, you know, the roaring 20s, you know. So yeah, I say that all the time. I love that you said that because that's exactly what I think is going to happen. I also think the best music ever made, including, you know, 
Butterside and your new album uh, is going to be like the best music ever, you know, because everybody had downtime. Like we were running a million miles a minute, you know, and it's not even like the old days. Like you didn't even have time to write music as a musician. You're writing it like one between one gig and another, you know, and people... Artists had time to actually sit down and focus and get creative. Instead of just writing a song, they were like, really, the, the juices had to be flowing during this pandemic. And I think we'll have the best music that we ever had coming out of this pandemic. Hell yeah. A lot building up, man. It's ready to explode. So spiritual violence, top of the list. Butterside's <laughs> going to lead the way as we open the world back up and bring rock and roll back to the Sunset Strip. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. How about... How about you guys tell everybody how they can connect with you on social media, get your music, get your merch, all that good stuff. Well, the cool thing about the band name is you're not going to find it anywhere else. So if you spell it right, you're going to get us. B-U-D-E-R-S-I-D-E. Look us up anywhere. We've got Butterside.com, Butterside on Instagram, Butterside on Facebook, Spotify, YouTube. Especially check us out on YouTube because we pour our heart and soul and and blood, sweat and tears into those videos. And uh, I think that they've come out, you know, above the rest. So it's definitely something to watch. But yeah, you can reach out to us. Our main base of operations is really Instagram. That's where like that kind of connects to everything else. So if you want to DM us or reach out to us and talk to us that's the that's one of the best places to get us just always remember b-u-double-d-e-r-s-i-d that i did that yeah, right yeah, yeah okay yeah. <laughs> triple d's just like <laughs> no, <double-D's. laughs> no, there's well there's up. another d in there so oh, it's yeah, like oh, triple d's yeah well yeah but not put together well it kind of could be like three nipples instead of <laughs> triple d right. yeah total recall <laughs> Oh, man, I love it. You guys are great. Your music is great. And, you know, my listeners have to go out and check you guys out if they haven't already. And one other thing, too. Okay, so you didn't mention it. You guys need to get a TikTok. <laughs> right? I, I had I started one. I put one post up and I, that was it. <laughs> L- listen, listen. Like, look look at Jerris Johnson right now. You, you know who I'm talking about, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh my freaking god! Like, awesome. There's, you know, how many artists I interview now? They're like, they're called TikTok artists. It, it just, it's amazing. But you guys with the theatrics and the stuff, you and the fun stuff, and you guys could do like the whole, you know, backstage sunset strip TikTok type of thing. I'm gonna put uh, one of these guys in charge of it. Right when we hang up, I'm putting one of them in charge. Cause like I've got Try you know, it. all the things I've got to keep my hands on. I'm gonna put one of these yeah, these guys. Now right. they hate. Them. Now they hate me. I just <laughs> gave them more. I just gave them more work. <laughs> now, Sam's really good at like doing some video editing and stuff like that. And we've been putting together like some commercials. We're getting. We'll have our TikTok up and running for sure. Figuring out stuff slowly but surely. But you know. in the meantime, we have spiritual violence. Go out and get yeah. it, listeners. And uh, you guys have got any final words for our listeners? Anything you want them to know that we didn't cover already? Yeah, stick that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> nice. That's the way to end it right there. Thanks for the great music, and thanks for being on Adventures of Pipe Man. Pipe Man, God bless, brother. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you for listening to the Adventures of Pipe Man. On W4CY Radio.